if you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who is interested in the UK property market, then this, the UK property market stat show is for you. Today, I'm joined by James Forrester, who is an extremely well-known estate agent from Birmingham. We'll come to him in a second. The purpose of this show is to look at what's happening in the property market right here, right now in the UK. Most other stats that you look at, stuff like the land registry, is measuring sales from that, that were complete, exchanged and completed two or three months ago. And therefore, the sales were agreed probably uh, four or five months before those. Uh, the the uh, Nationwide and Halifax are looking at mortgage office. So again, uh, sales that were agreed two or three months ago. But if we're looking at what's happening in the property market right here, right now, not only to demand, but supply, looking at the number of houses that are for sale, how many are coming on, and then how many are being reduced, and then how many are selling. By knowing that, we can foretell what's going to happen to those indices months and months in advance. Today, I'm joined, as I said, by James Forrester, James Forrester. And he's been on the show a number of times, and he's excellent value for money. He comments an awful lot in the national press on what's happening in the property market, and he certainly knows his onions. He's an estate agent from, from Birmingham, and you do really do need to check him out, Barrows and Forrester. James, thanks for joining us today on week 44 of the UK Property Market Stats Show. I hope you're well today, my friend. Yeah, morning, Chris. Yeah, very well yourself? I can't grumble. No one would listen if they did anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to dive in. So we are looking at week 44, and week 44, for the purposes of this, is Monday the 30th of October, all the way through to Guy Fawkes Night, Sunday the, uh, the 5th of November, and it's inclusive of the Sunday. And as always, we go and look at the stats, and we'll let's, let's dive in straight away and see where we are in the property market. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, um, we start with listings and I'll just whiz through these and then we'll ask James for his insight. So listings this week, we are on 27,500. To give you an idea, last week we were on 27,389. 27, the week before, 30,000. And the week before that, 30,000. So um no, listings are dropping, but if you see that in line with 19, 18, and 17, they're very much in line with those years. Year to date, we are on 1.4 million listings. And again, you can see on the screen there, again, James will add his insight to this in a second. The average price of a property coming on the market is £415,000, which is very similar to last week at 413. Uh, 421 the week before and 44 and we'll come on to where that price is going in a second and then finally uh, we'll look at the number of new instructions and that is week 44 in isolation compared to the other week 44s going all the way back to 2017. Okay James scores on the doors what's your thoughts on this one mate? Um, definitely no fireworks have uh, gone off have they in the market uh, for what was uh, exactly I think as a lot of us were predicting um, you know, towards the back end of the year, uh, pretty much as what we've seen all year, really. It's sort of flatlined out uh, in a normal market where you've got to sort of roll your sleeves up to win these listings. 
Indeed, indeed. So again, it's important to look at these listings figures. And again, estate agents watching this, do keep an eye on the number of listings that are coming on. I know you're very competitive and you want to see how well you're doing against your competition, but just judge what's coming on the market because that is the that was that foretold the problems of 2008 when everyone dumped their houses on the market. And really, if you can be judging how many houses are coming on the market and how many properties are going to say it agreed you'll get a foretelling of where the market is going in your local town. Let's move on and look at price reductions. And the number of price reductions this week is 21,300, nearest Emmet. Last week, it was 21. The week before, 23.3. And the week before that, 23.6, which represents about one in 7.2 houses are being reduced per month. And the average price of a property being reduced 395 compared to last week at 399, week before 397, and the week before that 410. Much to say on price reductions? Is it enough? What do you think? Uh, it depends on the value, as if they're being overzealous on their valuations to begin with. Um, I think we're still seeing a lot of it in the market. And, and look, as estate agents, we have a very difficult task. There's a lack of stock out there you know, realistically for the amount of people trying to win it or good stock, as we should say. Um, And of course, sellers want maximum price. And, you know, uh, we've just heard, you know, at the end of the week that prices have gone up on a month to month basis, even though down on year on year. And when sellers are reading this news, of course, and you're showing them all the evidence to say, well, let's just take this stat off that your property would be worth 395,960. They'll be still saying to us, well, I'd rather go on it 420 you know, knowing that they're probably going to see a 20 grand reduction in the price. So as a, as a state agent of value, as you're in a sort of a no-win situation, really, you've got to do what the client wants, as we always do. But at the same point, a client doesn't want their property sitting on the market for too long. Yes, it's that paradox. To give you an idea, ladies and gentlemen, of where we are with stock presently, we're running in the UK, a stock level of, let me just pull my stats up, um, 664,000 properties for sale. Give you an idea of where we were in 2008, that was about 1.4 million. So just bear that in mind. Um, If you compare that with uh, the end of October for 21, there was 522,000 properties. So again, 522 a year ago and today we are on 664 and then just i think just for just for comparison purposes uh 2021 the number of properties that were for sale 424 so just to give you an idea the number of properties for sale in most locations are approximately 50 percent up but interestingly and i know you know this james but i am a by definition of my daytime job is not doing stuff like this this is a hobby of mine um, we've, I, my, me and my team have done it in about 100 locations around the UK, and we've looked at the number of properties that are for sale now compared to what they were one year ago and two years ago, and the numbers are all over the place. We've got some towns where there's only 30% more houses for sale today, and we've got other towns, and literally that town could be 10 miles down the road, we've got 150% more houses for sale. And I find it fascinating that, that it isn't just one market, it's almost like a fly's eye. Let's move on and look at gross sales. And the number of gross sales this week are 20,608. The average price of a property selling is 356. Gross sales year to date, 954,000 compared to the other years you can see on the screen now. And then the magic graph is this is the year to date figures on a week by week basis. Thoughts on this, James? 
Yeah, pretty steady. Um, you know, as you as you can see from where we are from the, you know the beginning of the year, it's always quiet as everyone sort of gets back into the, the swing of it in the new year. But as you can see throughout that main year and running up to the week where we are now, it is sort of exactly where we're going to be. There's not that much of a change from you know pandemic levels, pre-pandemic levels, I should say, which was a normal market. Yes, it was increasing, uh, and there was a lot more demand there as well. Um, but it's it's just one of them that if you if you are if you are basically pricing right and you're in the right location, then your property is going to sell for exactly what it's worth. Indeed, and in fact, I've got some stats which I'm probably going to be sharing in the next week, few weeks. But the we've been tracking the pound per square foot figures, uh, and a lot of people say, well, judging pound per square foot is a is not a particularly good way. But if you on a town by town basis, it certainly isn't. But if you judge it on a national level, um. The pound per square foot at completion matches the uh, land registry almost identically. So that show if you're judging the thing, the land registry is good, then the, at completion it should be good. But what is particularly interesting is is that we're judging the pound per square foot at sale agreed, and that actually is the it's almost the mirror image within a within a correlation rate of about 97 percent. So. What we're going to see in the land, what, so if you can see what's happened on the pound per square foot at sale agreed, it matches the pound per square foot of completion, which is the land registry, albeit with a six or seven month lag. This week, they've said that prices are up. Telling you here and now, they're going to dip and they're going to go back up again. So between now and the seven months time, we're going to see a bit of a dip and we're going to go a little bit back up again. And there you go, you heard it here first. Do you know me? I like my data, mate. A bit geeky. Um, anything else on the sales before we move on? I mean, you know, come on, you know, 20,600 sales compared to last week at 20.7, 20, 20. the week before 21.2, week before 20.5. It's not bad, is it? It's not. It's not. You know, it, it's showing there. If you look from, from 2018, for example, it's slightly below uh, from there. But, you know, there is spikes in it. But as you say, it's been a difficult year, I would say, uh, within the market. There's a lot of different news flying around, and that will obviously influence sellers and buyers. You know, obviously, the will have an effect on the interest rates, but now we're seeing them coming down. We are seeing sales increase again. People are getting used to now what the new rates will be going forward, and we can't I mean, live on free money forever. I mean, let's just have a quick look. Just, just, just remind ourselves that quarter four 2022 was not pretty. And the number of sales, you know, this is, you know, the number of gross sales is more this week, you know, 20,600 versus 18,900. You wait till we look at the net sales, which is gross sales, less uh, fall throughs. Yep. You know, give you an idea, the average number of properties sale agreed um, in these October, November months were, you know, 21, 19, 18, 8, 17, 16, 15, you know. So the number of sales that are taking place in quarter four, 2023, are better than quarter four, 2022. I know there's a reason, but again, you'd have had that at the start of the year, most estate agents. And when you look at net sales, it's even better because we have a huge amount of fall throughs. Um, let's just have a quick look at this. This is the num this is the average. Price in yellow. The number, of the average price of a property coming onto the market, in yellow, and then the pink line is the average asking price of the properties that are going sale agreed. There's always a gap between these because the higher price properties have a lower propensity to sell. 
So therefore, the, when they do sell, the ones that do sell, so give you an idea, the properties that are up to say 250 grand have a propensity to sell, a, just picking round figures here, a 70 or 80% chance of selling, lots of stuff over a million has a propensity to sell of what, probably 40 or 50%, which is, means that there's, there's the gap. It's the difference between the numbers that you need to worry about. The long-term average is 16 to 17%. This week, the average is, and we'll just pull that up, it is 16.7 this week. And the long-term average, I'll just pull, I'm just pulling up more spreadsheets than you can shake a stick at. The, the average this year has been, I'll just wait for it, hold on a second, boring you to death with my stats here. Uh, the average has been 20.9. So it just shows that there's a great, a small, a, a nicer correlation. You know, this, the, just show you this gap, this jump here, most of that jump was central London. Um, I, I find it fascinating. Those of us with grey hair, although obviously you don't go and, and put Grisha 2000 in yours. I'm pulling your leg there, James. Um, <laughs> I've got a few coming through, don't worry. Especially don't worry, me. mate. Yeah. Me, if you pull them out, there's a lot. They, they do come out a lot. But what is particularly interesting, ladies and gentlemen, is, um, and I'm sure you don't know, you know, it'd be fair to say that there isn't the ups and downs of the summer market and the Easter market in the rural locations where you and I come from, Birmingham and Lincolnshire. There's a bit of a dip. If you go look at central London, everyone switches off in, uh, in July and August. Nothing yeah. happens. Nothing comes on the market. Nothing sells. And then everyone dumps their houses on the market. And most of that is in a London. Yeah, they uh, they know how to take their holidays. A different demographic of clientele, isn't it? It's more international as well. So a lot of, as you say, London will go on holiday in July and August, you know, in the rest of Europe. Um, and that's where you see that jump. I think what's interesting is just seeing them, though, is the difference between, like you said, you know, when you're in a tougher market, as I call it, a tougher market, you know, your cheaper properties do go quicker because they're not as affected as much with the interest rate rises. Yes, it's going to cost more and it is going to be more money out of people's pocket, but it typically isn't. It's not the same as if you were selling a half a million, 600, 700,000 pound house in the mid markets that obviously are really affected to that. So, you know, I think a lot of estate agents, if they've got their, their game switched on, they are looking for stock within that up to that 300,000, 250, 300,000 pound market. You're absolutely spot on there, James. And again, I think what you need to do as estate agents is it's all very good having the, you know, the the, the big posh houses. But if they ain't selling, then it, it's just it's just ego having a board there. So, you know, it's all about cash flow. It's all about getting the houses sold. I know it sounds obvious, but sometimes just be aware of your valuers. And again, it's interesting is, is that the big ones because they don't come on the market that often. And again, valuers can get a little bit rose tinted glasses. They put the posh houses on the market. Do remember that four in 10 houses at the moment that are selling of selling with the second agent. Um, now, uh, let's move on and look at the number of fall throughs. So just to give you an idea, we the number of fall throughs this week is 5,334. Week before, 5,3. Week before, 5,7. 5,4. 5,7. 5, 7. Um, give you just an idea of the fall through rate the fall through numbers that we were getting in the summer were six five six four six four so the fall through rate is drifting and you can see the trend line there that is coming down you've got to ignore this uh, and we you must look at these two graphs in not in isolation but the the christmas peak here is simply because this is hardly any sales and there's a few fall throughs that spike can just go all over the place so ignore that spike but you can there's the quarter four fall through rates where you know eight and a half thousand properties were falling through a week which is awfully but 
awful numbers. It's in a downward trend. Um, the fall through rate this week is 25.88, the long-term five, seven-year average, not for week 44, but for all, is 24.3. And as I said, the number of fall throughs this week, 20,000, uh, sorry, 5,300, like we said. Thoughts on fall throughs? Um, yeah, drop in, which is a good sign. I think uh, what you're seeing there is where the market was a little uh, strange, obviously in the quarter four of last year, and a lot of people were figuring out what to do. Um, and I think, you know, with the, being in the buyer's market at the moment, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, putting offers into into buy properties and they're in no rush. If they see something else that comes up, they can obviously back out that transaction very quickly and go and get the house that they wanted because it's come on the market. Um, that's why I'm a big believer in reservation fees should be. Well, you read my mind. Standard. Uh, uh, across honestly. the board. I think it'll stop people backing out sales a lot quicker. You buy a new development, you pay a reservation fee. So why don't we do it on second-hand properties? Um, but it's good to see that the trend's coming down. I think that'll give a lot of estate agents a lot of hope now to show that actually uh, people who are then putting in the offers, um, and as long as you've done the job correctly, are going to pretty much go through with the sale. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, let's move on and look at net sales. So, ladies and gentlemen, net sales is the number of gross sales that are taken this week less the number of fall-throughs from your sales pipeline, okay? And normally the fall-throughs, they are the fall-through within two or three weeks or they fall-through after about 16 or 17 weeks because everyone throws their things at a pram. Um, often rightly so, but sometimes you know, due to poor sales chasing and poor solicitors. Um, so the number of gross, number of net sales this week is on 15.3. Last week it was 15.4. The week before 15.6. The week before 15.2. The week before 14.8. So I mean, this is the wonderful thing. Is this is you'd have look at look how close we are to the average of 17 to 19 at the moment. We have been a little bit down on it compared to you know through the summer and in the early autumn. But it's the first time that we've just about touched the line. Um, and the number of um, the number of year to date net sales is seven hundred and fourteen thousand three hundred seventeen, which is eighty nine point eight percent. Last week it was eighty nine point seven, so that's halted the downward trend. That's you know to give you an idea. I've got the stat. I won't show them on the screen because I've just got the numbers. But to give you an idea, here we go. Hold on a second. The you know the 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 we will. Hovering, around, you know, uh, where we're, so the, the the best we ever got was in May, where where net sales year to date were at 94 or 95, 94, 95%. And we've been slowly drifting to 92 in July's, 91 in August's. We've been hovering around 90 in September. And as I said, we are now presently at 89.9. Um, so it looks like the rot has stopped there. Again, I think most estate agents would take 89.9 of, of the 17, 18 level. Obviously, costs are higher. So giving you, these are the net sales. I mean, we did talk about the number of net sales, 11,000 in 2022. So, you know, and you can see that because look at the look at this blue line here, which is the 2022 figure. Look at that. You'd have taken that, wouldn't you? Look, 100%. Look. Yeah. Thoughts on net sales, James? 
Um, yeah, it's you know, it's I think it's good. It's positive. It's probably not as much as what everyone would like because it's never enough, is it? Um, but but you know, from where it was last year, and look, if you look at twenty twenty there on the yellow chart, you know, I bet you week twenty one was roughly when the stamp duty announcement was probably coming in for the fifteen thousand um, pounds. So you know, anyone sensible would have been buying then because it was the lowest mortgage rates and the best incentives you could ever get. You know, pretty much in a, in a decade. So um, that is the spike there. But that was an unusual time. You know, we've got to go off. You know, and a lot of people will say, oh, you can't go off previous markets, but that's the real evidence. That's what you have to go off. Um, and even then, if you look at it, 17 to 19, we were still on pretty low interest rates, you know, from this point. So if you look at it now today, we we are really there. You know, it's just showing that, you know, if you get it right, then there's nothing to worry about in the marketplace. It's just a bit tougher, you know, and and that's the key thing. Yes, you know, your property, you might want four, you know, say 350,000 for it. But if all the evidence is showing it's only worth 325, put it on at 325 and it will sell. And, and it'll sell quicker, which is the key thing. And again, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's so easy to say, but... <laughs> If you have to overcook it slightly with regard to your valuation, there's no harm in that. But as a valuer or a lister, I'm sorry, it's your job to then manage that property down. It can't be left to the little floss. The neg who's been in the business two years has only known the good times. If you've got a bit of grey hair, it is your... And don't give me that BS that, that you ain't got time. I'm sorry, if you're going out to the house to put the house on the market and you're just cooking the figures slightly to get it on the market, then it's your job then to get the price reduction down, if so, and it's your job to do the the, the vendor management. And it, and I'm sorry, it shouldn't be an next. And I'm, if you did, do, I don't know if you agree with me on that one, James. What's your thoughts? Vendors yeah. should do their own vendor management. Um, yeah, I, well, we do that as a company. Um, so I, I strongly believe in it anyway, um, because at the end of it, you're the one with a relationship with the with the clients. You know, you've been there, you've got to look at the house. You know, if you've, if you say overcooked it and you've got a bit too over the top, you know, you should be taking responsibility to explain why they're not achieving that anymore. You know, sometimes it's not the market. Sometimes it is just telling the clients what they want to hear to win the listing where we know it happens. Um, but really, it shouldn't be like that in the industry. It's one of the ways we get bad names. It should be about the evidence, uh, like like we're going through here and showing, um, you know, exactly what's happening in their local area at the right time to win it. And, you know, unfortunately, we'll lose listings because of it being, being upfront and being honest, we'll lose your listings. This is just part and parcel of it. But like you said, if four out of 10 now are selling with another agent, then it'd be interesting to see if that starts to increase. You know, with people well, it, was as low, it was as low as seven out of a hundred uh, in twenty twenty one, uh, but that's crept back up. I think that figures from Spectre. Don't quote me on that one, but I think it's from Spectre. You got to remember is is that in the bad old days of fifteen and 60 percent of property sold with the second agent. So again, I think it's all very important that you become the agent, the first, the first, sorry, the second, the first choice of second estate agent. I, th I think that's what I think. Oh, well, I don't know. But you just want to be the first, really, and just get it right. <laughs> True. But at least, you know, at least, you know, first choice, second agent. We'll go with that one. And look, timing's everything as well, as we all know, you know. So, you know, is it the key of you're going to be putting the house on the market now because you want to win it and you want to get it on at the back end of the year where we know typically it's slower, but online, a lot of people are online and looking. So you've got them conversations. My big worry at the moment on the industry is next year because there's a lot of pent-up demand, I think, happening at the moment. A lot of people are waiting. I'm sure other estate agents watching us will all start nodding their heads going, they're hearing the words going, I'm going to wait till spring next year. I'm going to wait till spring next year. And they'll have that from uh, from both purchaser and seller. 
The difference is if we start to see a spike because a lot of people put the houses on the market again, you know, and then a lot of buyers are starting to come out the woodwork as they're going right now is the time. Will we start? Will we start to see that price increase? Well, it's interesting. Um, I'm friends with a number of large estate agency chains, and I will not mention their name. They are very well known, and they said that their number of new buyers registered this week compared to the same week in 2022 is up a quarter, and the number of new buyers is up even from the 17, 18 and 19 figures. Now, again, registrations doesn't equal buyers, but there is a kind of correlation there. So we'll keep an eye on the appetite. Yeah, it does. Right, let's get back to the graphs. We've just got a few more to finish off. Number of price changes uh, compared this week. Total, so that's the number of price changes we've had this week versus number of listings. We're at uh, eye-watering 77.4, but again, listings are slightly down. But it, again, still the number of properties that are being reduced is about 1 in 7, 1 in 7.2. Gross sales as a percentage of listings at 74, which is matching the seven-year average. But again, Nowhere near as good as 20 or 21, but we wouldn't expect that because it's that type of we're not in that type of market. But interestingly, this this figure here has been dragging behind the 17, 18, and 19 figures. So it's nice that it's she's back in with the mix that their gross sales as a percentage of listings for 23 is back in the mix of the 17, 18, and 19 figures. Um a couple of extra bonus graphs for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so uh, the number of sales that went into a state, the number of properties in a state agent's pipeline on the 31st of October was 403,087. The um, turquoise lines are all the Septembers. I, I, would, I need to move them over to October. I just haven't had time to do them yet, but it gives you a flavor of where we are. So, but just to compare, so if 403,000 properties are in estate agents' pipelines today, well, on the 31st of, of October, it was 436 at the same time in 22, 528 in 21. But again, those are exceptional years. Let's just have a look. So back in October, end of October on Halloween, 368, 372 in Halloween 18, and 371. So we are still... We are still 15% higher. And I think it's important that you compare yourselves to 17, 18, and 19. Go and get your stats out and compare yourself. Don't beat yourselves up on the 20 or 21 figures because you'll just be, you know, those were exceptional years, weren't they, James? Well, they, they certainly were. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people switched on to, to get the sales coming in quick. And I think, you know, just looking at that, it is interesting that we're above it. Um, I think, as I said, you know, a lot of people have been waiting, you know, and I think they've waited from 22 as well. They're starting to come on the market a bit a bit quicker now as well. Um, you know, there, there is a change in the shift, I think, in the marketplace where, as I say, for me, it's always stock is always the big worry, uh, you know, on this. But I just think we are starting to see a little shift where people are going, you know what? This is the market. This is how it's going to go forward now. You know, why wait? You may as well get it on the market now. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So uh, we've updated these. Um, and this is the number of rental properties that are available on the rental market. Uh, these, this is this is everyone, uh, but then London, which is the red line, and the southeast kind of take over on this one. So we've done a graph where we take those out. Um, to give you an idea, the number of available rental properties has jumped in the last uh, month by 24%. So in September, there was an average of 105 properties. No, sorry, there was 105,600 
new rental instructions that came onto the market in October, that jumped to 128. And you can see that all those, most of these are actually jumping up, okay? Which means that the number of available rental stock, to give you an idea, hold on, let me just pull that up. So to give you an idea, the average number of available rental property, available, not new listings, and there is a there is a correlation. There's no graphs on this. I'm just giving you the stats, ladies and gentlemen. The, the um, average number of properties that were available to rent in September was 229,000, and this last month in October, 252,000. Um, interestingly, inner London dropped by 4%. Outer London stayed the same. There was a slight increase in the southeast from 29 to 32,000. Uh, Southwest jumped from 14 to 17,000. East Midlands saw a huge jump from 14,000 to 18,000. The West Midlands also jumped from 16 to 19. That's, that's your patch. I don't know if you're noticing this, James. But again, I think it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that when you, you know, if you're if you're in, say, like Bromsgrove, type in Bromsgrove and just see how many available rental properties there are. And just right. that, and just see where it's going. Because if you're overcooking the price, yeah. What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so the rentals is really interesting because I think any estate agent who has a lettings arm business uh, attached to it has just seen a, a you know a great year, you know, with the boom. But lately, it, it, there's a lot more stock coming on the market, and you know, obviously, like in the media, we'll always hear you know it's landlords, uh, you know, are selling up. But we're not coming across many landlords selling up. It's long term. You've got to keep your property long term to get your money out of it. I wonder how much the PRS or the BTR industry are now starting to to take on this because in Birmingham, especially for the West Mids. We've had a lot of obviously private rented stock arrive, you know, built or built to rent, uh, come to fruition, you know, and obviously this can have a lot of impact on the numbers straight away uh, for availability. And as you said, it comes down to pricing because if all of a sudden you've been pushing your rental price up over the last few years, you know, like look, a lot of landlords will do, they're there to make money, they've got to make money out their business, otherwise, what's the point in doing it in the first place? But if you start to overstep it, then you might find that you come under hot water because um, especially in the city centres more, you know, not everybody wants to live in a three bedroom, two, two bathroom with a garden for the dog type of house. They like the convenience in the city centre and having everything uh, 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 on the walk, walking distance. And all of a sudden, if you're pushing your uh, two bedroom up, just to give you some uh, quick numbers to 12, 13, 1400 pounds here in Birmingham a lot. Well, you'll find that some of your new shiny developments with all the mod cons attached and concierge and gyms and everything will also be coming on roughly at the same price. And if you're doing that, you'll find that tenants will move very quick. They'll go to what they're going to get more value for money on. And so they should. Of course they should. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these graphs are all available for you to use and download with your on your valuation appointments with your landlords um, and for your own personal use. They, however, are not to be used on social media without my express permission. The reason being is I do this for a living and it's important that I held something back for my clients to use. But if you want to use them in your valuations to show clients what's happening in the property market, they are fully available for you to use and you're able to download them using the YouTube on the YouTube link. There is a description and at the bottom there will be a link that you can download these for, for yourselves and show to landlords to make yourself look awesome. Um, 
the re- we're not going to spend any time on these because we don't get great feedback on this, but well, we don't get no feedback on the regional stuff, but these are the regional stats that you can see from the different regions. You can look at these and you can give a flavor of where your town it, where your location is compared. You, you can't see these particularly well on YouTube due to resolution issues, but you can download these to your heart's content on YouTube um, and look at them and just give you a general direction of what's happening to listings price changes, sale agreeds, net sales, and, and the general direction, and compare yourself with your region, regional areas. And again, there's some other stats here about gross sales compared to other years, and I think you might find those of interest as well. So just stat heaven for all you statos out there. Um, anything else, James, before we go to our local focus, which this week will be on Islington? Uh, no, all good, I think. Okay, right. What we'll do now is let's go to Islington. So for the purposes of this, each week on the UK Property Market Stats Show, we focus on a town or a city and really deep dive and look at all the estate agents in that town or suburb and see how well they are performing. We are using a data set from 20EA using their Insights platform. 20EA Insights is a game changer when it comes to property data. I've not been paid to say that. I'm just a huge fanboy of the website and what it offers estate agents. Because if you are an estate agent who are getting high, higher valuations or higher prices for your properties and doing a better job for your estate agent, then this platform will actually show that and that you are worth your fee. Again, I must stress to you, I've not been paid to say that. I just believe that the platform, along with a couple of others at the moment, in other avenues, truly are game-changing stuff for the right estate agents. Um, the platform is available for estate agents. You can buy it yourself. For, um, I believe there is a free package, um, to, and you can have that for a, a period of time for free. But then if you want more longer-term data, then you do have to give them some shekels. But as I said, do not mention my name because I'm not on commission. Although, James, I should be. The amount of times I rave about them, shouldn't I? You, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every week. <laughs> okay, so we, as I said, using the 20EA platform called Insights, and we're looking at all of the estate and letting agents in the postcode of N1 in London. I fully appreciate that, depending on whose filters you're using, uh, isn't... Um, Islington is considered a little bit outside that, but just for the purpose of this, we're looking at the postcode of N1. So we're going to dive straight in and we're going to go and have a look at well, what we're going to do is we're going to start off with this, James. So let's just pull this up and we'll just get this one started. So we can see here the, um, let's start off with stock on the market. So you can quite clearly see here on this graph, there's a lot of information happening here. But what we've got here is the number of properties that are for sale by month going back to 2018. Now, what is particularly interesting is this. So just you can see the colors here along here and how they compare to, to what is this. Islington is very strange. It's very similar to the likes of your Chelsea's and your Fulham's that we've done recently. But what we're noticing is this. In the vast majority of the UK, stock levels between 
2021 and 2023 have gone up by between 50 and 60 percent but if you're actually looking here as i said in n1 which is what we're looking for let's just look at october just for an example so in october 21 there were 1176 properties for sale in in islington 977 and then 934 which is counterintuitive to the whole of the UK. So I don't know what's happening in Islington. I don't know it that well. Maybe the estate agents watching this could probably put some comments in into the into the comments on tube. Why do I suggest this? Because I'm going to be posting this in Islington Facebook groups. So if you're not putting the comments on there, they don't the people aren't going to think you're a good estate agent because you don't care. So that's the stock levels. Um should we just um any thoughts on that before we go and look at new instructions and things like that? Um, no, it's just interesting, obviously, when you don't deal in London and you look at this, because I know you like to make sure you've got commentators on who don't do the areas. Um, you know, if you look, you know, it's like the stock really starts from half a million pounds onwards, which is uh, it's quite interesting for me because obviously we aim for anything under half a million at the moment, uh, you know, being in the north uh, or northish, depending on where you uh, live in the UK uh, on that point. But I think, yeah, it's interesting that they're, they're sort of going down, but is that the case? Because well, pretty- let- well, this well, it is going down. But what we can look at now is look at how each estate agent's level of stock of properties for sale has changed since 2018. And we can quite clearly see here that Chesterton's have been growing their market share. Savills, and I have switched off new builds here, ladies and gentlemen, because that can skew the figures slightly. Let's look at Foxton's. Interestingly, Foxton's uh, in the top 25 estate agents out of the whole UK they're one of only two or three that have actually grown in the last year. Let's have a look, see if Foxton's, okay, it looks like you guys in Foxton's N1 have not been matching the rest of the Foxton's uh, crew in the last year. Oh, no, give you due. Come on, no. Don't, a good don't, jump. Don't, don't be cruel, Watkin. Let's look at Hamptons. Okay, pretty similar. Let's look at Dick Dexter's. Well done, Dexter's. You're growing your market share. Let's go and look at Winkies. Okay, that's fine. Kinley's. Okay. Knight Frank in a downward direction. But isn't that because, and I I might be wrong here, so obviously I'll put my little caveats in, but I have heard that they are really just concentrating on new builds going forward. Potentially. Okay, Felicity Lord, okay. Sterling Ackroyd, Purple Bricks. No no surprises there. Marsh and Parsons. Okay, Uh, Ellison Co. Square Quarters. Let's go and look at Victor Stone. Okay, guys, Hunters, Carlton, Modern House, and then Nielsen and Bauer. I think that, oh, the old great. Well done, guys. Um, so that is the number of market. That's your market share in terms of stock. Let's go and look at new instructions. So, again, there's going to be a quite a, a close correlation. What is particularly interesting is this is let us, James, look at the percentage of properties. Um, let's just, just take a photo of this so I can compare it really easily. So here we go. Hold on a second. There we go. So Chesterton's for new instructions since 2018. So let's just look at their new instruction levels. We will switch off the uh, new home sites because I think that's only fair. So Chesterton's new instructions has been, I would say that's slightly rising, not massively, but it is slightly rising. And they have 10.4, 10 10.1% over the last, since 2018, of new instructions. Let's look at the number of sales they've had. 12.59. 12.59. Well done there, Chestertons. So you have a greater proportion of sales than new instructions, which shows that you're selling more of your houses. Well done. Let's go and look at Savills. 
So Savills have 11.29% of the sale agreeds and new instructions, nine. So again, nice one there, guys. Let's go back to Foxton's. They have 7.28% of the new instructions. Let's look at the sale agreeds, 5.98. What's interesting as well, though, if you notice the average property price there as well, it drops dramatically. So if you looked at Cheston's and Savills' average property price there, then you went to Foxton's. There was a big jump. So the average, the average is eight hundred seventy-three, and it looks like so Chesterton's. So they were obviously you would expect upper quartile. Savills again upper quartile. We'll just have a quick sneak at the upper the upper quartiles in a second. Let's just have a look at Wentworth's five percent of the new instructions and sale agreeds six. Okay, that's fine. Let's go back to the new instructions. Kinley's. Uh, six seven four on the new instructions and set agreeds four point. That that does surprise me because Kinley's are one of the best performing estate agents in London in terms of the number of houses put on the market versus what they sell. So that's it. That is particularly that does surprise me because in most locations they are top dog on that one. Let's go and look at Knight Frank. Um, do new instructions first. Three point one four and set agreeds. 3.89. Um, and then we've got some of the we won't spend all the time on this one, but again, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you get the, the platform, you can use this. And again, it just shows you what, what your marketplace is doing. So what we will just do, James, is we'll just have a look at the upper quartile. So um let's go, let's have a look. So uh da, 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 da. so hold on, no shh. Need to switch that off. There we go. So let's go and look at the upper quartile and see which agent is top dog in that. How do you do that? So it's 11, so I need two and a half. So here we go. So the upper quartile, I need to get this figure up to about two, two and a half, and then we'll be there. There you go. So the upper quartile in Islington is one million plus. And you can quite, wow, look at this, Chestons. You yeah. seem to be top dogs there. Well done. Hamptons, that's uh, on your new instructions. Savills. Okay, you had a good month there, guys. Well done. Uh, Knight Frank. But these are quite impressive. Imp have you noticed, James, here that in the upper quartile, there's, there's three big daddy-o agents. Yeah, it's big. If you look at that, it's a big jump, isn't it, from the 171 up to, you know, to third place samples at 408. That's a huge, uh, it's a huge change. It is. Let's just see who is the agents that get the, the, the lower-end properties. So there won't be many of these. Uh, we're going to get this figure up to about two and a half. No, oh, look, there you go. Keep going. We have to put all these in. Let's just do that. Uh, well, okay. It really does seem that Chesterton's uh, Savile are really switched on, aren't they, into N1? Because they're right there at the top pretty much all the time. True, true. Okay, let's switch that off. There we go. So... Oh, and that's why it wasn't working particularly well. So we need the uh, lower quartile. Keep going, Chris. Here we go. And then look so at them. Twenty three hundred four. Okay, we'll go up to four. We'll go up to half a million, which is the lower third. We'll go a lower third. I'll give you that. And it's, she's look that Foxtons are the kingpins of the lower end. In um, so it just shows Foxtons tend to be at the bottom third. And then you've got the posher agents at the top. Uh, interesting there. Again, you can play this to your heart's content. Any thoughts on this before we go and look at how well the estate agents do in terms of what they put on the market versus what they sell? 
Uh, I think I think that's quite interesting. Just seeing the uh, the big jump there, as I say, you know, typically in a in a in a market like we're in, the the, the top end slows down, but it's obviously showing there clearly that uh, Chester and Savills uh, are doing something right. Okay, so uh, the next screen here. Now, this is a bit of a gate fest. And for those of you who have not watched this before, let's ignore new instructions and said agreeds. Let's ignore fall throughs and price changes. James, have a quick look at the price changes. I want some feedback for you in about two minutes mm -hmm. on that one. But ladies and gentlemen, this this graph here, this chart here is gold dust. And I think this, this is what makes this platform worth its penny weight in gold is this. If a prop agent puts a house on the market, it can only leave the agent's book if she exchanges or withdraws. And you can quite clearly see here that for every 100 houses that Foxton's put on the market, the exchange on 29.67 and 70.3. So if you were, this is nothing against Foxton's. The simple fact is this. If you're up against Foxton's and, the, and they're saying, well, for, uh, you're, it's against you or Foxton's, you can say, and you could show them this graph, this chart, Mrs. Miggins, you have a seven in chance, seven in ten chance of not selling your home. That's not a criticism. It is pure fact. Okay. What's with Chestertons? If you put your house on the market with Chestertons, you have a six in ten chance of moving. Dexter's at twenty-five. Savills at forty-eight. Again, Savills are always going to be slightly lower because they deal with the posh upper end. And again, if we just have a quick look at the posh upper end, just to give you an idea that it does create a level playing field. Hold on. There we go. The the the, the much of the much of although again look at Chestertons they're doing well. Like now they're, they're right up there. Yeah, and then nearly every start top end they're they're smashing it. I'm telling you what, round of applause to Chestertons that I thought to me you know normally the posh properties get dragged down in terms of the exchange versus withdrawn ratio, and that is the big one is how many of the houses you put on the market are you actually going to exchange and complete on? I've got to admit. Chesterton and Ham Hamptons, if you are, you know, you're going up against Savills, then you have, you know, a, a, a 16 to 20% chance of actually getting the, the punter moved. And then Foxton's at 18%, Knight Frank, big one, Weissel guy, 65%. So you want to be chuffed with that. Let's all bring it back to this. Okay, so um, th there is quite a mix here. You know, JL, that's quite low at 14%. But you, you know, some... I mean, the average, so here, this is interesting. The average number of properties for every 100 houses that come on the market in the last, that have left an estate agent's book in the last 12 months, 41.3% of them have actually exchanged, whilst 58 have not sold. Let's just have a look. The number of agents that um, are on with online agents is at 4%, which is lower than the national average at 5.25. The uh, number of listings that have come on the market in the last 12 months compared to the 12 months before is minus 1.97. You can see Foxtons have grown their market share, which is obvious there. But we've seen some big drops here. Winkworth's at minus 28. Felicity J. Lord at 26. Dex is at 15. And you can see that in this graph here, where you can see where the movement. So the, 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 the horizontal axis, the x-axis, is the number of instructions. And then you can see the, the y-axis, which is the vertical axis, is the average price. So you can see that Chestertons have dropped, whilst Foxtons have gone to the right. Savills and Hamptons are kind of fighting out amongst each other, Knight Frank messing about there, and then a few other movements. Yeah, I just, it's just lovely to see where, where things are moving. Um, I'm conscious for time. Um, price changes, anything that screams at you there, James? Um, yeah, obviously, look, Foxton's, I think, 
by the looks of it, they've obviously done some, I would have a guess, they've done some internal changes to sort of see that growth jump pretty dramatically there. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, then if you look at the price changes, you know, a lot of uh, corrections are being made, you know, so is that the case of their... Uh, but they're not selling their houses, are they? So again, no, I think- no. When I mean, you look at that for a state, like you said, this software is is good because if you know if you're struggling to win listings against the firm, and this is a congested area, you can see it. You know, all you have to do is show them the stats and go look. What's more important to you? And if they go in, I need to get it sold. You can go well. If that's what you're doing, well, look at it. They're only got a 30% chance of selling where, you know, obviously Cheston's will be going up 60%. Just what's interesting though there as well is that most of the, the price changes are pretty alike. There's the, the odd few that are sort of stand out, but that might be because they're more specialist. But the majority of the good agents there are all pretty much similar. I think going forward, what will be interesting is Chesterton's there have lost a bit of growth. Uh, as well, is that because they're doing really well and they're just taking their eye off the ball and people are now eating at them slightly? Who knows? Who who knows indeed? Right. Okay. So um, we now look at what would the average agent put the house on the market for and what would you sell it for? So interestingly, uh, this particular line here shows you for all the 220 houses that come on the market with Foxton's, uh, 20EA have done an automated valuation model price, almost like a Valpal figure for all of those properties, and then looked at how many, how much have you put that over. And you can quite clearly see here that Foxton's have put an average asking price of 4.4% over the what they believe it is worth, whilst Chesterton's are at 2.25 and Savile's at 0.32. So you can quite clearly see here, and looking down the line there, that on average, 1.42% of properties do actually... Um, is, is the difference between the asking price and what they think it's worth. But there is a huge variance there that quite clearly here is, if I was an area manager for Foxton's, um, this would be ringing, this would be ringing, you know, they've grown their market share, but have they grown it at the expense of not being able to sell the houses? Because as we looked at the previous one, they're only exchanging on 29% of the properties they're listing. So again, I'm just looking against Foxton's, I do know the guys very well there. But again, they've grown their market share on listings, but are they actually getting the houses sold? Might be something that, you know, you've got to get the houses on the market to sell them, but then you've got to sell the bloody things. So that is the average number of properties that overvaluing. And then what do you achieve from the original asking price? And you can quite clearly see here that Foxton's are getting my, uh, minus 4.07 and Chesterton's minus 1.32. So you can see there's quite a huge difference here. How do you put all that into, into reality? The bottom line is this. If you take an average house in, in Islington at 950, what would you sell it for? And you can quite clearly see here that whilst the average agent would, you know, so the average property here, 950, would get 930 in the current market in the last 12 months. You can quite clearly see here that, you know, if I was, say, Chesterton's at 958 and I was going up against, say, Dexter's, I could say, well, Mrs. Miggins, I will get you an extra £12,000 because that's the difference between the two. Do take Savills with a slight pinch of salt because they are dealing with posh upper end, but so are Chesterton's. So again, does that show that Chesterton's are the better performing estate agents against Savills? I'm not criticising. This is the data that, you know, and if you're running, if you're listening in any of these offices, most of you estate guys and girls in this have this piece of software. So why, you know, if you haven't seen it, ask your area manager, do we have 20 EA insights, not 20 EA, they have lots of different products, the insights platform, and can we have a look at it? And can we compare ourselves with other offices to get better? Um, I'm conscious of the time, so I'm going to whiz through these, James. 
and um, the number of how long does it take to sell a house and you can quite clearly see here that oh, well um that the top 10 estate agents here you know these are the, the blue line is what it takes on average it takes 77 days to get a property from new instruction to sale agreed and 121 days from sale agreed to completion and you can quite clearly see here how the different agents perform and you can see how quickly so again if you wanted a quick sell chesterton seems to be the daddy o's there and then you can see the other agents there. Well, finally, we'll have a quick look at the lettings and open rent are huge at 16.6. That's one of the biggest figures I've seen on this. Uh, not that I would expect that because London does have a lot of self-managed landlords um, and just gives you a flavour of, of, of what is happening in the market. Let me just pull out, sorry. Um, can't really tell much from this because properties, it, we're only looking at houses that come, most of these are relets, but it gives you a flavor of what the market share is. We'll just have a quick whiz just to see what's happening and nothing really much is happening there. Um, James, we're, we're, all, we're on our hour. Final thoughts to the ladies and gentlemen watching this. Uh, Cheston seem to be the people at N1, don't they? They're uh, pretty much on every stat there. They've uh, they've got a good business running. They've just got to be careful without losing that 9.82%, uh, I think it was, or just close to 10 anyway. Uh, market share changed. Uh, they're not allowing others to get, or they're not coming comfortable and allowing others to eat away at them uh, right. from what seems to be a very good uh, business at N1. But overall, up, you know, the market, I think generally, uh, people will say it's tough on the front line uh, at the moment. Um, it all comes down to evidence. You know, I'm a big stat person, as you know, stats don't lie. Um, and I just think it's one of them that you have to have them honest conversations with people and find them motivation to buy and sell. And if you get that, then I think you'll do uh, you'll do well. James, as always, absolutely cracking value. We had you in July. We invited you back for the third time today. So thank you very much. And we will be inviting you back. Your insight is absolutely fascinating. Do check James out in the national press. He does pump out some great content, which is very useful, not only to British people, but also to, to foreign investors as well. But more importantly, thank you for watching this show. Um, we do these on a week by week basis. It does take my VA uh, a couple of hours to do her stuff. It takes me three or four hours in terms of bringing it all together and creating the graphs. We do hope you enjoy it. And um, I get an awful lot of feedback from people saying they do. But, you know, if you want to suggest any towns or locations we want to look at, give me a shout. If you want me to see if there's any other stats I can find, again, give me a shout. It is it's the reason I do this is to help and guide and support the industry. I do it at no cost. Yes, I use the data from 20EA. Um, and I must say thank you to them for that. It's a symbiotic relationship. They don't charge me for it, but I use their data and mention it. So do check it out and have a look at that and see if it can help your, your estate agency. But I'll see you next week with another guest and we'll see you what the property market's happening. So thank you very much. So let's wave goodbye, James, and we'll see you next time. Cheers now. Thanks, Chris.